Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So most of you, if you've been around uh, for a little while, you know my story. Uh, I grew up as a church kid, like go to church three times a week, uh, multiple youth group camps in the summer, uh, youth mission trips, evangelism training, uh, Disciple Now, maybe some of that sounds familiar to you. It's just all the stuff. Uh, And it was pretty clear to me growing up that the goal of what we were doing uh, was to get other people to become like us. If they weren't a Christian, the goal was for them to become a Christian, like us. And if they were a Christian, the goal was for them to become the kind of Christian that we were. So so if if they went to uh, the Methodist church, then the goal was to get them to come to our church's fifth quarter after the football game on Friday night. The goal was conversion and or assimilation. We worked for people to become like us. And that idea is rooted in supremacy. Other people should be just like me. You can't behave and believe that way without supremacy. You should become like us because we're better. We believe better. We behave better. We look better. Our culture is better. That is supremacy. We're in the sixth week in our journey through the book of Acts. And this week, uh, uh, we're looking at a, a passage of scripture that is popular in some ways. If you're kind of in this church world, you you may have heard it. It's a very unique story. But as we've been walking through Acts, we've been reminding you that that the book of Acts is the story of the church coming alive, that the church is dynamic and changing. And over and over again, it's shifting. It's editing itself chapter after chapter after chapter. And today in this kind of peculiar uh, story, we're going to look at Acts chapters 10 and 11. It's a shift from supremacy to humility. And no longer saying we're right and you should become like us. Instead, embracing a posture that says everything and everyone already belongs. So in Acts 10 and 11, we get the story of Peter's vision. And you might know it. It's an odd story. And Peter has this divine vision. And then he explains what it was. And he starts believing and behaving like it's true. So we're going to read it. And, and we're going to see what it says. Here, here's... Uh, here's Peter's vision, starting in Acts chapter 10, verse 9. It says, About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And then, so he has this vision. And then and the later in Acts chapter 10, in verse 27 and 28, he starts to explain maybe what this means. So he says, while talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit with a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So he has this dream. These animals come down on a sheet and God says, eat them. Peter says, that's that's impure. And God says, do not call anything impure. And then Peter says, hey, I just realized that even though it's against our rules for us to associate with Gentiles, God has shown me that I shouldn't call anything impure or unclean. 
And then again, in Acts 10, verse 34 and 35, Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. So he, he comes to this realization that this vision, this dream means that there is no favoritism, that, that God doesn't show favoritism, that nothing is impure, nothing is unclean, that everything belongs. And then Peter starts behaving that way, starts going to the Gentiles to tell them this message, that they belong, that there is no impure or unclean. And as he's going to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 11, verse 15, Peter says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, the Gentiles, as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Because there's a lot of scripture. Here, here's the summary, the, 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 the TLDR. Peter's vision shows him that nothing, nothing is impure or unclean, that God shows no favoritism, and that they, the Gentiles, everyone receives the same gift of the Holy Spirit. So who are we to stand in the way? Let me give you some context. So this is the big division at the time. You can feel it in the text. The conversation happening was about Jews and Gentiles. Even more specifically, it's about circumcised and uncircumcised. This is the big division. And as this message of Jesus, as Christianity is spreading, the conversation is, how Jewish do you have to be? Christianity was a Jewish movement, right? So the the conversation was, how Jewish do you have to be to be a Christian if you're going to become like us? And the real thing was, are we going to make people get circumcised? (laughs) Because being circumcised was a sign that you were Jewish. So are we going to make people become circumcised. We're going to force adult men to become circumcised if they want to follow Jesus. That is some real serious assimilation. This isn't just like switching churches because you don't like the music. This is a pretty pretty intense medical procedure without anesthesia, right? Are we going to make people go through this? Are we going to make them become like us in such a profound way just to participate with us? Right, and then Peter has this vision, right? That's the conversation happening. And then Peter has this vision that God shows no favoritism and that these Gentiles have received the same gift that he has, the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And in Acts chapter 11, the the church goes from a place of supremacy where everyone should become like us, even in such a profound way that you have to get circumcised. Everyone should become like us instead to a posture of humility, where instead of converting and convincing, they are believing those who are different than them, right? Believing them instead of converting them. That's humility instead of supremacy, just believing them, right? When, when Peter's explaining his new way of thinking, he doesn't say, listen, I tried to convince them to be just like us, but they wouldn't do it. I tried to convert them. I tried to get them assimilated. And now you've heard this argument that you can hang out with the bad people as long as you are a missionary to them. No, Peter just believed them. In verse 17, it says, uh, in chapter 11, verse 17, it said, uh, they received the same gift that God gave us. How, how did Peter know they received the same gift? Well, he believed what they said about it because he talked to some people and they said, we've received the Holy Spirit. And Peter didn't try to convince them that they were wrong. He wasn't passive aggressive. He didn't fact check them. He just believed them. That was the pathway to humility instead of supremacy. 
And we have a number of major issues in our country, in our churches, that cause great division. It's not circumcision for us, but we have issues plaguing our country, even more disappointingly plaguing our churches. Issues like white supremacy, homophobia, and transphobia, sexism, and American exceptionalism. Maybe that all those isms make you uncomfortable, so maybe I'll just read it again. White supremacy, homophobia, and transphobia, sexism, American exceptionalism. All of those issues are rooted in supremacy. The idea that those who are other should become more like the dominant group, that people of color should be more like white people if they want to fit in, that LGBTQ plus folks should either not exist or should exist in a way that doesn't offend us, that women should appease and assimilate into a culture dominated by male leadership. And that they should say thank you when they're finally given a seat at a table they've always belonged, right? All of that is supremacy. And of course, we Americans like to think that we have it together. Or, or maybe lately I've heard that, yeah, we do have some problems, but our problems are unique. They're not like other people's problems. That is American exceptionalism. It is supremacy. And that supremacy has woven itself inside American religion. And it's wrong. It is not the way of Jesus. We need to move towards this posture of humility instead of supremacy, where we believe the lived experiences of other people. No convincing, no questioning, just believing. We just believe our friends of color when they say that racism is real and alive and it makes their life harder. Just believe them, right? Don't pull out don't pull out your phone or do any fact checking. There's no data. You don't need any data. Just believe. Just believe when your LGBTQ plus friends and family members, and by the way, you have them even if you don't know that you have them, when they tell you how hard it is to live with this knowledge about their identity that no one else can see but that they hold, just believe them. When women, any woman, even the ones you may not like very much, much when they say they have been assaulted or abused in any way, just believe them. Just believe them. As the church of Jesus, we are called, we are made, not to convert and convince and assimilate, but to believe the lived experiences of those around us and remind them that there is no favoritism, nothing unclean or impure. Everything and everyone already belongs. So for you, do you believe that we, I won't, I won't say you, I don't want to make it that personal, but do you believe that we collectively have an issue with supremacy? That thinking others should become more like us? Do you think we have a problem with supremacy? Do you think that's one of our issues? In this list that I read, white supremacy, homophobia and transphobia, sexism and American exceptionalism. On that list, what do you think your biggest issue is? If you had to just say, you know what, that's the one, that's, the, that's where supremacy is, is most difficult for me. White supremacy, homophobia and transphobia, sexism and American exceptionalism. Or what, what do you need to work on the most? And then how, how could you start to believe people that you make this shift from supremacy to humility and you just believe? I have a couple ideas. Here, here's maybe one. Uh, maybe just start small with the people in your house, with the people you work with every day, or your coworkers, your partner, your roommates, when they say something to you like, hey, that hurt my feelings. I know that a normal reaction may, may be to think or even say out loud, hey, that wasn't that big of a deal, or I actually wasn't that rude. 
that instead you could just practice, you could just work on that believing muscle and you could say, hey, I hear you and I'm sorry. So when someone says, hey, that bothered me, that hurt my feelings, that was rude. Instead of defending, instead of pulling out the data, instead of saying, let me tell you exactly what I said, it wasn't actually my tone, no correcting. Just practice that believing muscle and say, I hear you and I'm sorry. And then uh, June is Pride Month. You know that. You, you've seen the inspirational tweets from the great social organizations like Home Depot and CVS. And uh, if you're not a member of the LGBTQ plus community, maybe uh, this month work to believe somebody who is. Right? Just make zero comments about what you think about the Pride Parade or about whatever else happening this month. It's not for you. It's not about you. And just take a step to believe somebody. Tell somebody you're proud of them this month. Believe them, just a good start. This is the shift happening in Acts 10 and 11. The church is moving from a posture of supremacy to humility, and we should too. So I told you I was a church kid. Uh, I was a a Baptist church kid. And when I became, uh, I I then became a a churchy college kid. I, I went to Houston Baptist University to study theology. That's like as churchy as it gets. But even at a conservative Baptist university, when you really start diving into the Bible, when you really start studying theology and church history, what you realize is that there is not and there never has been a singular Christian position on things like sexuality. There's there's always been a a plurality of opinions. Uh, There is not a singular Christian position on creationism or, or atonement or heaven or hell. There's definitely not a singular Christian position Uh, on things like immigration or LGBTQ rights or gun control. There's a plurality of thoughts and opinions. And throughout the last 2,000 plus years, there has been a plurality of thoughts and opinions. Christians have thought differently about these things. There's not a singular position, but there is one single Christian position, only in exactly one belief, thought, and opinion on how to treat your neighbor. You love them as yourself. And when you start to believe people, you'll realize that no person is an issue up for debate or discussion. And you'll start seeing, instead of issue, you'll start seeing neighbor, 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 neighbor. And so what do we do? We just love our neighbor. No supremacy. No convincing, no converting, no assimilation required. We just love our neighbor. So gather, this is my prayer for us today. Listen to, believe, and celebrate the lived experiences of everyone. And with no exceptions or exclusions, love your neighbor. And in the same way, love yourself. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.